when it comes to your finances, you think you've done it all. You've saved, you've researched, and you've invested all that you can. Now it's time to take those investments to the next level by using the brand behind every great investor, Yahoo Finance. As America's number one finance destination, Yahoo Finance has everything you need, whether you're a seasoned trader or just dipping your toes into the market. Join the millions of investors who trust Yahoo Finance to guide them on their financial journey. For comprehensive financial news and analysis, visit yahoofinance.com, the number one financial destination, yahoofinance.com. Hey, everyone, before we get into the podcast, I just wanted to acknowledge some events that took place late last week that have had a direct impact on the folks here at Waypoint. Uh, We unfortunately had layoffs come through Vice that uh, impacted uh, Gita Jackson, who's been a regular contributor to Waypoint, someone I've known for a very long time. Uh, shout outs to the Match 3 podcast that I used to do with Gita years back when we both lived in Chicago. Uh, and Rachel Pick, who uh, has been, uh, is formerly the audience development manager for both Waypoint and Motherboard and has been someone who's been incredibly invaluable uh, in doing a lot of behind the scenes work to make things like Waypoint Plus work as well as it does. Uh, we are going to miss both of them dearly. We wish them both well in finding extremely good landing spots. Any any place would be thankful to have Gita or Rachel on their teams. Um, obviously, this sort of threw off the original plan we had for the podcast, which was supposed to be anime-filled, watching Chainsaw Man, watching Gundam. Um, it just didn't feel appropriate right after to just jump into that. Uh, maybe we'll find a way to revisit uh, those in the future, uh, either later this month or or down the line. So apologies if you're looking forward to that episode of the podcast. Um, and our thanks to all the contributions from both Gita and Rachel uh, over their time in which we've had a chance to work together. All right, on to the show. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 515 of Waypoint Radio. I am your host, Patrick Klepek. I am your host, not Rob Zachney. Rob is hanging out with his parents. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? Who could say? But he's doing it, and we're proud of him. Uh, Kato, you, uh, you said yeah. something cursed right before we started the podcast, and... You might not want to repeat it. Maybe Look. you just thought it'd be a fun thing to say uh, before no, yeah. the recording officially no, started. Okay. But I think you need to. I think you need. Oh well. All right. Right. Well, oh, okay. Blizzard. Yes. Blizzard made this bed. I'm just exposing the bed. <laughs> oh, right. No. They made this. They made this bed. Now they have to shit. In yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah. No, we, we've mm. we've talked about this before, but they said that gilfs are in. We talked about this before. I Did feel I like we must zap have. this. Oh yeah, yeah. Top top of the <laughs> top of the news stack is always like, oh, right. I got my Google alert for gilfs uh, plus video games, and I finally got a match yeah, on it. I finally top got. I've been waiting five years for this <laughs> finally for this Google alert to hit. Top Activision Blizzard story when a different uh, state organization uh, interferes with a federal court case. Mm. Uh, number one, number two, gilfs are in. Gilfs are in, baby. Wait, was this just the, like because they added the? Um, this is me pulling from deep in the memory bank. They yeah. added an older lady to Overwatch yes. at some point, and is is but they made they made her too attractive. 
Uh, attractive enough. I don't. I don't know. I, I feel like I'm digging myself a hole. All the grandmas <laughs> listening to Waypoint Radio about to write in and call, accuse me of being ageist. I'm sorry. Uh, it, it it was a kind. Of, that was kind of a sideways dig at the. Um, they released the their like analytic triangle? tool that like they use oh, on right, the back yes. end to be like how diverse is our yeah our um, like roster. She's how to turn diversity into a math equation. Yeah, and uh, like one of them was like there was like a age thing in there or whatever about okay all right one of their older characters Anna, who people have unironically called a gilf in other ways when she like released back in the day, but like sure but the, the, the you know there was the, data the, the behind inter- it the internet now. has no bounds. I yeah, I absolutely. I I could believe anything you would tell me. <laughs> so uh, apparently there was like new new news to that as well. Uh, I don't know if you saw. I think that was right around when two was releasing. There was even more data released at some point, but it didn't make as big of a splash as the first time around. Of just like, here's our weird way we quantify diversity. Here's more numbers. <laughs> well, maybe maybe that'll be part of the, you know, addressing Overwatch two is add more gilfs. <laughs> fix the fix the battle pass. You know, yeah, you're just right. you're just coming right. up your tears of fixes. Right. This this uh, you saying that broke my brain enough that I didn't properly introduce everyone. I'm <laughs> no. Patrick Lupic. You are Ricardo Contreras, I suppose. Yeah. Yes, yes, I am. Thanks. Uh, we're also joined by Renata Price. I am the anti gilf. Uh, wow. We're also. I'm hearing. <laughs> Hmm. No, I'm not anti-gilfs. I yeah, am all right. Well, now, now two of us are going to be okay. <laughs> canceled for being ageist. We're just, uh, Kyle's going to have to do some, an incredible amount of editing to get us uncanceled uh, nah, on that's this. staying there. Okay. Well, that's fine. I wrote, I wrote out worse. But I'm, I'm hearing, actually, uh, we are also joined uh, by a special guest uh, this morning, one Chris Pratt. Are you on the line? Yahoo, God. let's go. <laughs> Here we come. <laughs> I don't like how you said that. Uh, like coming off the context on Ren, what you just wrote is <laughs> get the fuck. <laughs> Jesus it. Christ, Ren. I'm even gonna read it. Now I'm gonna address it. You can just read it, listener. You can just imagine what sort of cursed knowledge Ren put in the chat. Uh, all, the Chris Pratt. Part of the Mario trailer, which dropped yesterday, last week at New York Comic Con, um, uh, is our first look at the movie, which comes out in April. I think is the new release date uh, for that for that film. Uh, yeah, the first, right? I, yes, because it's gonna uh, which, be a um, fucking joke. I well, come on. I okay. I think the Wait, movie's actually gonna be pretty. I don't good. actually know what date it is. <laughs> I was making a joke about. I don't it think it's April first. Yeah, feel like that's probably not the case. Uh, <laughs> They show, yeah, they showed a short trailer, you know, opens with Bowser, played by uh, Jack Black. Uh, uh, we're not really, I guess he's collecting power stars, uh, you know, and he, he goes and finds the penguins that we all murdered from Super yeah. Mario 64, uh, enslaves them, takes their takes their power star. Uh, and, uh, you know, and we get also get a brief introduction to Chris Pratt's uh, Mario. Uh, I mean, all told, I, I, you know, Illumination is a, I have seen all the Illumination movies. Many, 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 many times. The thing about Illumination as a studio is they have a very high floor and a very low ceiling, uh, which is to say (laughs) the animation films they make are incredibly competent and completely fine for a parent to get through many times and not feel Mm -hmm. deeply upset about themselves. But rarely do they rise to the ceiling of a Pixar. Uh, I think the first Despicable Me is like legitimately How do you you feel about Bananas? 
Um, we're talking about minions here. Yeah, yeah. How uh, yeah, you've I, seen every single minion movie? <laughs> you act okay. Don't the fact that you're acting credulous don't about that incre- is yeah, what? betrays your knowledge of how <laughs> parenthood works. Uh, I've in fact, seen anything- most of the minion movies. I'm not even a parent, and like as a as a youth, I had to be exposed to them by just like cultural osmosis. Yeah, you couldn't ignore them. And if anything, if, what's funny is that for all the discourse around. Uh, could you do the Mario voice like that's featured in the video game and make that tolerable for 90 minutes to two hours? The studio that is making the Mario film mm-hmm. has shown that you can have nonsense voice <laughs> acting for a huge chunk of the film. And not only does it work, it will become a cultural phenomenon. Like, go listen to the minions. They are like rare dialogue N64 era nonsense. Uh, now, granted, they don't they talk for the entirety of the film, but nonetheless, it does prove that I don't know that. They didn't talk a, for a, the entirety. I've never seen the Minions film, the one that's just the Minions. The Minions films, they do talk. They are more predominant talkers, but still those films still anchor themselves around People. human characters oh, okay. uh, right. that that are <laughs> speaking uh, around them. But they do talk a lot. I don't know what the proportion is. I'm sure someone has crunched the numbers. I'm sure there's a TikTok that could explain to me the ratio of dialogue of humans to dialogue of Minions uh, in those. But I don't, I, it, it was all, all to say, like, the way people were talking about disaster for this film was just, like, Illumination just doesn't do, like, their, their worst, like, Secret Life of Pets 2, which is a deeply mediocre movie, is fine. <laughs> like, it's fine. It's like, so there's only just no way for me to not imagine this movie wouldn't look fine. And I actually think, like, the Jack Black stuff looks fucking awesome. Like, I, I actually cannot wait to see uh, his <laughs> performance as that character. Yeah, I mean, like, I think that... I, I really I, I liked Jack Black's take on Bowser. I like honestly the whole the whole Koopa section in the beginning. Yeah, it's I was good. like, yeah, this is great. And that cuts to Mario and I was like, ah, damn, this is going to be what this is. huh? I think that that Wreck-It Ralph has done incalculable damage uh, to the animation uh, industry. I cannot. What? I, Why? I hate the way Mario looks at this. I, I oh, hate the like I, style. His head is squished. His head is squished. He's got no ass. I'm confused why just, you lay this at the feet of Wreck It Ralph, though. That movie. I had video game character. I feel like the video game characters in that movie looks like the video game counterparts. Yeah, they did. Those were like pretty. Like if you were to imagine no, no. how that transfers to like a mm-hmm. CG film, I thought like they did a pretty right. on point. No, they did job with those. They did for the video game characters from mm-hmm. real shit. Uh, right. It was everything. There are other ways of imagining what like digital spaces and, and, and like 3D characters look like that Mario would be totally at home in the Wreck-It Ralph art style of the like non the non-video characters. Yes. I think this has to tie into it as like, you know, there's the line from. A Pratt, you know, Mario and where he's like, where is this? And I and I think we are absolutely staring down the barrel of a meta story, which is unfortunate. Yeah. I, I yeah, really it's an isekai. It's an isekai. I, I yeah, shout outs to the Washington Post to getting that on their main account. Really? Um, shout out to Gene Park. <laughs> yeah, did you not see this? Oh, I missed it. That's yeah. funny. Washington Post's uh uh launcher uh uh reporter, writer. Do they have Gene that? Park, man. You know that twi- Twitter account that's like first time in the Gray Lady or whatever? That's like the first yeah. time a word is used in the New York Times. Mm-hmm. Do they have the same mm-hmm. thing for the Washington Post? 
I don't think so. Uh, I think it is, it is not treated the same, the same way. Yeah. Um, but they did get, uh, wait, the Washington Post was, uh, tweeting that on main in a way that was <laughs> delightful. But yeah, my, my presumption is this is a, like, and it's pr- probably partially maybe explains why the character looks, you know, not like quite one to one with the, uh, the video game version of, of Mario that has been pretty, I mean, like the current 3d rendered Mario looks pretty great and feels like you could plop that into a world, uh, just, uh, just fine. But, so uh, what you're saying is that this Mario is the pre mushrooms Mario. He's not on the shrooms. yet. Yeah. I don't think so. I don't know how the Mario lore works. So like, I don't know how that tracks exactly. People can write in and let me know exactly. I don't know what the origin story of Mario actually. So so, so the Simon actually makes you look younger and more vibrant. Yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think I think it looks I think that movie's gonna be fine. I think that movie actually might be great. And I think Pratt is going to be grading. Um, but it, it will be the rest. of the, I think the rest of the movie will probably be pretty, pretty enjoyable. The one thing that was kind of sort of interesting was watching the different uh, the trailers in different languages. Right. So specifically the one I think it was the it was the French or the Italian one. But like, well, how are they going to approach doing their voice acting uh, and they did not approach it like specifically the line of uh, what was, what is it's not uh let's go. What does he say? What does he, what does he say as he's here? We come. Yeah. That famous one, Mario. The one I, saw, I think it was the French. I think it was, I think it was the French one that like added a little, you know, f- flourish to the voice. It was like, Hey, you know, there's, there's a way with it. You can do this. That adds a little bit of what you remember. Mm. I will not be, I will not be shocked if, to some degree, that is that is addressed between this trailer and the next. Voice acting can be patched. Uh, that is something that, like, I, I would I would imagine the second trailer will like specifically try to address this point with people with Chris. I don't know. Do people want that? Do they want Chris Pratt giving this a shot? I don't know. If, I don't know if that's what they really want. Like, given given the two scenarios, Pratt just doing Pratt voice or Pratt making his va- a valiant attempt, maybe not valiant, but an attempt at Charles Marinette. Is that what we want? Do we want do we want door B to be opened? I I do. I do because I feel like that's <laughs> the most chaotic yeah. option. That's true. I that want, is the most chaotic option. You're right. I want door B open very badly. Also, I just did look up the French trailer I've listened to. This this motherfucker's doing a full Mario voice <laughs> yeah. on, on some of these. He goes, Yeah, no fun. Yes. Like, yes. No I agree, yeah. bro. I do. You, you know what? Yeah, here we do come. <laughs> mm. I just, mm. Don't like the inflection on look. That's what he says. Here we come. I'm aware. I, <laughs> I'm I'm aware. Um, I, I should say I've, I've I've already broken the order of this podcast and a, and a thing I meant to do. I was I was going to try and finally break what we have done in the past, which is promoting a thing that we're doing all the way at the end of the podcast, and then Cato has to edit it out. We were supposed to start uh, there. and then put it at the front. Yes, we didn't, but now fuck. it's so close to the front that you can't edit it out. <laughs> yeah. But you could put the promo that we're gonna we're gonna. Well, do. There'll be it'll, another it'll, it'll promo. Work They'll have heard yeah, something yeah. probably. Yeah, uh, we are bringing back Save Point uh, uh, next week, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We're gonna be doing three days of all day and on, and some nighttime, but not overnight. Uh, we're still figuring out exactly uh, what we're gonna be uh, uh, doing uh, during the evening uh, hours. I regret to inform people up front. We are not going to be able to watch the Twilight movies. We are not going to be able to continue Ooh. our adventure 
because oh. Amazon has taken them down. And the way this works is that we stream it <laughs> through Twitch. And yes, could we put it on on a, a Blu-ray and watch it? Like, it wouldn't be as fun. The whole fun is that it's embedded. And so we are going to be taking a, di- a, a, uh, a bigger dip into Amazon <laughs> Video's library, which if you've ever done before, oh boy, this is, it's a big old trash pile in there. There's some good stuff, but I, they're, they're, we're going to be going places uh, based on based on how that goes. Less of a dip, more of a steep. Yeah, we're going to be, yeah, we'll be swimming. <laughs> swimming down there. And oh, we'll see God. what we find. But yeah, uh, all of us are going to be in New York. Natalie is going to join us and hopefully we'll have some guests. We're still finalizing exactly how that is all going uh, to work out, but we're going to be doing lots of stuff, playing the quarry, playing what are other things that we're doing that I can safely say won't change between <laughs> between now and then now <laughs> we're and only then. a week out. Why yeah. does this keep happening to us? Well, I need to do a final <laughs> sweep because now I want yeah, well, to, I mean, yeah. it's mostly finalized, but I've, I've had some yeah. ideas. I want to, I want to get in. We'll be playing a board game. Kato, we need to figure out what that, a is, board that, game. That is Some thing, board game. That is one of the things that we're that we need to finalize. That is contingent on a couple of things. Yeah, coming together. Um, you know, there'll be some tactics. There'll be some, might be some Wii Sports golf. You know, might be ranking the hottest monsters. Who would who would <laughs> want to do that? Uh, if you'd like to tune in, tune in for that, that'll be Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Uh, we will uh, be uh, starting streaming around uh, ten Eastern, going till around six o'clock Eastern. Uh, and then, like I said, doing some, some stuff at night, that'll be at a uh, twitch.tv slash waypoint. And everyone is going to start gathering in New York. Uh, Rob will be out there. I think on Sunday, I'll be out there on Tuesday morning. Um, so I'm very excited for all the shenanigans we're, we're going to get up to on, on safe point. So please, uh, mark that in your calendar, get ready for that. Uh, and we'll be, uh, hitting you up with more of that, uh, teasing some more details about segments and things like that as we fully lock down that. But Kato, you ventured out into the great world of not playing games in a house or an apartment, like going to a place. I went to a where place. Where a video game company says, here's here's a video game that's not out. Would you like to play it? I don't know what that feels like <laughs> anymore. I have not experienced strange. that in many, many, literally, I was going to jokingly say many a year, but it is true. Many yeah. a year at this point, as we are, t- you know, two and a half years into kid to COVID, I oh am not God. going anywhere to do anything uh, formally like this. But you went to a Square Enix event where you got to play a handful of games, including uh, Forspoken and yeah. Crisis Core, uh, the Crisis Core remaster. I don't know which one do you want to, which one do you want to try drop us on first? Uh, we can like very quickly hit Crisis Core because I actually don't. I've never played. Did you play the original? I did. Uh, Crisis Core was a PSP right. Final Fantasy VII spinoff. It was it came out around the time of like, there's been two great arcs of Square, like trying to turn Final Fantasy VII into its own property. Mm-hmm. One of those was around the time of the release of Advent Children, the animated Final Fantasy VII movie, which I've never seen. What was that? Because it didn't look didn't look very good. Um, but I know people quite like it. <laughs> uh, and. Then they put out things like Crisis Core, I think some other stuff. I can't remember exactly what was all part of that Final Fantasy VII sort of celebration. Um, but that was like sort of like the last time Square Enix was like, yes, we're going to turn this into a its own property, separate from Final Fantasy's uh, own continuum. Uh, and then, you know, obviously we have the the series of remakes that are occurring, and now it has them revisiting. Crisis Core, which is a game that I rem- all I remember about it was it, that it had a really cool battle system. The specifics of which I could not tell you about. Damn it! Anymore. This is what I was wondering. Um, Why? Because they they said so. They said it's not 
a remake. It's a remaster. And I wondered how closely the battle uh, system hewed to uh, the original because it it does. <clears throat> It does. Isn't there like a there's like a gambling system or numbers? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm yeah. So that that one's specific. I, the real thing that I was curious about is whether or not it was uh, turn based or like uh, similar to uh, Final Fantasy VII remake. Because this one is similar to Final Fantasy VII remake in that you you know you're like walking around and attacking in in real time. Um, I think that was true. I okay, think that was true yeah. of the original game. Okay, so like. Um, and like the 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 special system is like like yeah, there's like a roulette in the top left corner, and every time you cast, I believe it's when you hit a cast spell or special ability, one of the three roulette like things stops, and then depending on what combination of like uh, numbers you get, uh, a special ability will trigger. Um, and how much? So you you have no control over those numbers. That is just sort of like once that triggers, then it's it that, just, that it's, it's almost happening. like surfacing. It's surfacing the RNG basically, and yeah. like allowing kind of kind of gamifying. Well, I you think, know, things that are happening behind the scenes are happening in front of the player. But can you manipulate it to some degree as a result? Like, can I, you? I guess you could get the timing. Yeah, I think if anything, you might be able. It's 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 they're spinning pretty fast. I don't actually know if the it's yeah. I'm looking at this now. This is really fast. It's really you fucking not fast. Be able to. I don't yeah. think it's really uh, manipulatable. Um, <clears throat> but um. Oh, I see. It's like this person just drew three Sephiroths. Right. Six, six, five. Uh, and then, so is that what triggers an attack is actually like the silhouettes that are yeah, like locked into place? Once, okay. they, once they lock into place, something happens. And uh, the most common one that I kept getting was uh, no MP costs. Like, and so like for 20 seconds or whatever, all of my spells were free. So then I start, instead of using my... <clears throat> like regular attacks i would be like okay now's the time to kind of go all in on magic and try to figure out how to how to best uh use this new ability and sometimes uh you have another bar that's called eight like action points or whatever that does like special moves and it's like you can build that um it has a similar thing where it's like now you've got no ap costs like keep spamming your special moves and all that Mm -hmm. um sometimes there's like a limit break type thing if you get I think like three sevens or something. Um, but most of the time it's more like you're balancing cause <clears throat> spells have a cast time. They're kind of harder to use in like this real time sense where you have to time them really well or else you're going to get smacked in the face for using a spell. Uh, but you want to try to get one of those special abilities rolling and then like react to whichever one you get and keep going forward. So it's a, it's an interesting uh, little, little twist on the like, Kind of a randomized element to yeah. combat that otherwise you might be following well, into especially sort of be- predictable patterns. Especially because this one is, unlike uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, you only play one character, right? In Remake, mm-hmm. you had at least, you could like set someone up as a as a caster and you can have them do all the magic and then have <clears throat> Cloud attacking with this big sword and all that. Like you can kind of, and bouncing between the, the different characters you had out was really fun. This one, yeah, you're playing a Zack in this one, yeah, right? Who is like a soldier in, in, in Cloud's Cloud's unit. And uh, if you have played, I won't spoil it here, but if you have, we won't played spoil first, Final the, Fantasy Seven. <laughs> the re the the, the, re, the remake, the, like because what, uh, okay, what, is, what is, but... it is choosing to do with <laughs> that's the a, timeline. That's an important distinction, Kato. <laughs> yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, like what it is like. It, there is a really important thing that happens related to this character yeah. in the remake. Yeah. that totally changes how a lot of things can play yeah. can play out. And so, 
I'll, I, you know, I do uh, think that's, I'll be curious if any of that bleeds. Did they say anything about like whether the, when they say remaster, yeah. is that them also distancing from, Hey, none of the, none of the storytelling stuff that we're doing there is bleeding yeah. out into this. Yeah. I believe that's exactly they that's, what they, they said that specifically. Uh, they didn't say that specifically. Okay. Uh, they were just like, you know, it's, we're using remaster because it, we haven't changed. Uh, it's not as changed as like something like Final Fantasy VII Remake. Remake means a specific thing now right. because of Final Fantasy VII Remake. So no, this is just a remaster. Um, but <clears throat> essentially, that that the the um the original was a, a prequel to seven. So in theory, mm-hmm. this will still lead into the the uh, 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 events of seven in some way, but like. We'll see. I, I don't actually know where that game ends, as far as like how closely it hues to. Yeah, like I don't remember. I don't remember how where Crisis Core. Right. Yeah, like where that links that links in. But I, I, I guess I wouldn't be shocked if there was, if the main game didn't right. change anything. But that you know, oh, and then there's a cutscene at the very end that mm-hmm. links in. Given that, um, we should be hearing more about that. Yeah. That second installment of Final Fantasy VII, uh, next year. When does this? When does this come out? S- soon i believe um um Isis core december 13th master yeah, so before the okay. before the end of the year and it like um part of the re- part of the way you can kind of tell it was a a remaster too is the 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 cut scenes a lot of the cut scenes that i saw were very like oh this is this is very obviously made for a different uh like for a handheld uh, situation, yeah, right. but they just replaced the models and the the environments with higher res models, right? But like they didn't actually change. It doesn't. It feels very. This is a handheld game that we've blown up. Yeah, the 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 way the mouse are flapping feels of its era, <laughs> yeah. as opposed to yes. uh, you know, like gone gone back in and re, you know re rigged the totally the animation. I do I do think I was I was reading a couple uh, stories and looking at some videos of this while you were while you were talking. And I guess the they have changed the voice actor um there's okay. one notable change from a right. nostalgia perspective people have some strong feelings hmm. in the youtube comments of this ign video about the 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 original voice actor i don't i can't again i can i i, I played this because people praised the unique approach to the combat like right. even though i liked final fantasy 7 but didn't again like didn't feel the need to watch advent children like i was like i'm good like i don't necessarily need a hundred stories in this universe uh there's also my final fantasy 8 standing uh talking my like just bitterness over uh getting none of that for the one that was my favorite but uh <laughs> i am you know it's hard for me to imagine like carving out the time to completely play this all over again although it will drop at a time when like be heading towards a break right but i have very fond memories of this combat system like just just feeling the wholly unique yeah. uh uh it's like, weird to say um, love to have gambling in <laughs> my video game but like but there's something that actually kind of quaint and cute about the fact that it's taking you know for folks like myself who like occasionally like to do like mild forms of gambling that uh don't turn into a problem like part of the fun is the risk right is like i don't know what's gonna happen yeah. and so right. what video games have done is monetize that in a way that is extremely gross and exploitative and preys upon people who do not have the same sort of self-control. But what is cool, what was always cool about this here was like, yeah, but like the unknown is inherently interesting and throwing that into a pseudo, you know, real-time action game 
was really fun at the time. Yeah. Um, and there, I don't think there's been anything like it since. I can't, I cannot, I cannot, nothing comes to mind that even approaches what they were trying to, to do there. I'm sure, although I'm sure that is now just queuing up people to write in and <laughs> be like, actually, hey. that did it. yeah. Excuse like actually having the numbers surface where literally you're watching like like yeah. a machine rumble through the numbers and it's like ding ding like Sephiroth attack. Yeah. Uh the other game you checked out was Forspoken. Forspoken. Uh, a game that has had zero problems in announcement, yeah. rollout, uh-huh. social media. Yeah. Um uh Forspoken, a game that was announced very early on when they I think it was actually shown. Uh, as part of like the the PS5 unveiling, um, or at least pretty close, mm. um, because it was going to be a new uh, open world action RPG from with a a world conceived by yeah. uh, Rogue One writer Gary Witta, and I believe Amy Hennig was also involved in conceptualizing this world. I believe that is the, the case. Uh, been kicking around for a while now. Um, I, but I I will say whenever I've seen gameplay of it, it looked like it could be cool. But did, did you actually did they let you play it? I guess, yes. it, you know, it's, yes. it's not that far off. No. Yeah, I I I played it. You know, I had forgotten that it was announced as a PS5 game specifically because uh, I had that question. Actually, it's like, is this was this meant for this mm-hmm. console? Um, it feels like they're trying to get like some sort of dlss like technology to do a lot of work that it is not doing very well uh oh so like the like technically speaking the game is pretty rough yeah it um the 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 demo i played like had an open world section with like five objectives that i could like go do um i did them out of order because i like to fuck with things and it didn't break that's good <laughs> uh but like gotta do a little mild qa when you're out of press event. yeah um there's like two things about this game that are kind of off for me and one of them is they um you're essentially a a like a magic user uh, so yeah, you're, you're casting like, you're a like, bunch of spells. the character like falls out of rea- our reality right. and into some magical world, and it turns out they're also hero magic. Bound, now right? I like, do magic. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the, the the quips aren't aren't good. They weren't uh, constant, but they were frequent enough that it was noticeable. Um, but mostly, it, it's 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 weird. It feels like they have more things they want the character to be able to do than they have buttons to do them with, or they've like assigned buttons in a way where like they're stacking abilities on the triggers in a way that felt kind of unintuitive and strange. Um, uh, you basically have a couple different like sets of uh of spells that uh function a little differently and have different elemental stuff like there's like elemental resistances playing into sometimes you'll hit an enemy with a rock and it'll be like resist and you have to oh i have to switch to my fire now so you swap over to mm-hmm. the other set um and but it's, you're like swapping that on the d-pad like or, or something no like that, so you hold between... r1 and then you use the left oh, you, stick you get a, you get a wait, spell wheel <laughs> you get a spell wheel you hold yeah. l1 and then you hold the red right stick to the right and um, or actually, sorry, you hold L one and R one together to swap between your fire spells and your uh like rock earth spells. 
Um, and then L2 and R2 have spells on them. And in order okay. to switch what spells are there, you hold L1 for the L2 spell, and then there's a there's a magic wheel there. And then you hold R1 for the R2 spell, and there's a magic wheel there as well. However, there's also some spells that require you to hold the button to charge. And if you equip one of those and you don't hold it quite long enough, it automatically fires a faster spell instead. Like, it thinks you're trying to tap it on purpose, thinking that you might be doing... So, there's basically an example is here. Oh, so like you're have, supposed to, like, a, hit, like if, there's if you're a, hitting a meter and you don't actually hit it, it's still going to produce, like... Something. A weaker version of that spell? Well, no, or? no, no. It's basically... Um, let's say the fire, the fire spells. There's one fire spell that is you pull out a fire sword and do like a three, a three, a quick three hit combo. Whack, whack, whack. There's also right. a different fire spell that is you hold it down and you throw a javelin, a fire javelin that explodes on impact. If I have the fire javelin equipped, but I don't quite hold it long enough to, to, uh, for it to um, understand that I'm doing a hold because either like I just tap it a little too quickly or I think I'm holding it, but there's like my character's getting flopped around. So it's not registering the hold yet. It'll throw out the quicker one instead. It'll throw out the, the sword whack, whack, whack because it's like, Oh, you're tapping it. You want to do something. Right. Um, so it's this weird, like, contextual thing where like you know it like it's like why am i equipping these spells if you're gonna throw out something that i don't have equipped currently uh why am i swap swapping in between them instead when you, of it when just you, being when you like, do uh, that does it interrupt uh that it does, it does it take away from an ap or an mp like pool like no, is there a, it's a negative like, effect or is more just a it's just surprising ne- that it's doing it as opposed to the negative effect is that like uh, these animations are like not quick like right like I'm, mm-hmm. I'm now i'm like throwing out these swords when i'm trying to throw a javelin at something flying through the air like and a lot of things are like i don't know like a lot of things move pretty quickly into the game and like in a way where like i need to throw this javelin now because otherwise yeah, I mean, this the game bird is, always... is gonna fucking like slam into me and instead i'm like sitting here accidentally swiping my sword in front of my face when the bird is like dive bombing <laughs> you mm. know this feels like a solve. Like this is a problem that was solved years ago. Like when when heavy yeah. attacks, because heavy attacks used uh, a lot of games used to have their heavy attack on the default attack button, and it was just hold to do your heavy attack. And then it seems like pretty much the majority of the industry went, "Oh fuck, that's awful." Oh, it should this, be this a separate. Never, it should never be a separate button. <laughs> right. Ooh, this maybe, is one maybe of non-contextual buttons aren't good. Yeah, it's like they they and or like I don't even buttons. so like. Uh, what is what are on the face? So one of the face buttons is like run, which there's like magic parkour in this game. I was gonna say like a huge part of the the pitch the, like, of this pitch, game, for, yeah. like from, from from the beginning was like the, this character out on a, a vast landscape yeah. and sort of like darting across huge sort of like canyon, uh, sort of like sweeping environments, and the implication there being that you know, hey, like a huge part of this game is gonna be movement, yes. you know, and not just like getting from one just running from one combat area to the next and the way you do in a lot of action games. And then yeah. the, the majority of that, the experience being strictly that, but that actually the movement, I, I don't think they were quite promising Assassin's Creed, but I remember like a dash looking really neat. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was curious, 
how that plays into the the combat flow itself because i have to imagine that speed is at least part of what you're alluding you know discussing here is that like a lot of things are happening at once um and so i'm curious how that speed transfers to the the actual combat encounters yeah it feels like there's there's definitely there are like alternate versions of the spells that you do if you're in speed if you're in the like magic parkour mode which is also so like, are you so are you like holding X and then this is like contextual movement actions are happening in the way that like an Assassin's Creed yeah. character climbs climbs a tower. So like like how does that practically work out in the middle of combat then? Um, it doesn't mostly because you're kind of being overrun by people and it's harder to like get into. It feels like they want this flow to happen of like they want. It feels like they're like two-thirds of the way to getting the combat flow of, like, the PS5, the PS4 Spider-Man games. And that mm-hmm. this is, exa- it feels like that is what they're aiming for, and they're coming, sh- like, they're coming up short in a, in a bunch of different ways, like, first, like, first, like, the, the kind of clumsy contextual, like, buttons are just, like, not conducive to that sort of like quick rhythmic you want to like kind of chain things together sort of combat well, and, and even spider-man itself is is building off of arkham right? right in which like arkham is a strict hit dodge uh counter yes and then spider-man is playing in that same universe but is adding all sorts of contextual events yes. you know whip, whipping around you know grates and barrels and things like that but it's all it's it's building off that same lineage and it sounds like what you're describing here is an attempt to do that with, with like a bigger emphasis on on speed yeah um, and, compared and, to those and a little bit more range i mean even spider-man has like you know the web, the web there's like enough like of a, a good mix of like the ranged and melee stuff in that game that makes it feel good that you can string those two things together and this one yeah. feels like it wants you to do that but doesn't actually um it like never comes up as like a a natural flow of like okay i've hit this person and now i see another one over there where i could like tap the like run button the dodge button to get my like sliding sword chopped into that person or whatever right like it like mm-hmm. so the dodge is different than the parkour button like it's, those no, are it's the same button. actions no, okay you just tap it so one's a tap the one's other, a tap as opposed to a hold as opposed okay. to a hold gotcha. they, 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 they continue to do this thing of like uh tapping and holding and like i don't know what it is about how they've set it up where like i keep accidentally doing one or the other over the other when Mm -hmm. i want to um and like what makes it weirder too is that or not weirder what makes it feel kind of like the game isn't responding correctly is that it's using the sort of force feedback on the ps5 controller um, where like it's harder to push down the butt, like it's not the just resistance, the resistance yeah. stuff. And so, like to me, that reads like if I'm getting resistance from the game, that means it's reading my input. But then it won't mm-hmm. throw out what I think I'm doing. And it's like, oh no, actually, because you were like midway through a different animation, we're not actually reading this hold that you're doing for this next uh, attack or whatever. So, um, so is this a, is this is this a, an instance in which? The way it's using the force feedback on the controller feels like it's interfering with what you're trying to do. And then absent that, if you were like, I don't know, playing with an Xbox controller on the PC, it would be less of an issue. It, 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 I'm not sure because it's like mostly that's just like a read of like what I think the game. But it, it doesn't seem like the force feedback is actually doing anything. It's just like always on instead of it being okay. like, I know that I, like I remember when I played Returnal, that game had 
the way uh, by default, it was like on the controller. Yeah. I'm, I'm forgetting the exact specifics, but like essentially it was like, hey, if you like press down lightly, it does one shot. If you press down hard, it does like with more force, it did an alternate shot. And like, I just could not like it felt so uncomfortable to hold the <laughs> controller. And there was just an alternate way of doing it. Right. It was just like, and if you don't want to deal with this, like this physical feedback to change, you know, and I couldn't tell, like, is this me just being right. a curmudgeon in the way that I also like chafe against like, you know, uh, not motion controls, but, uh, you know, like what's the, what's the one that Splatoon has? The uh, gyro, gyro, gyro controls, right? Like, am I just being old or like, do I just think this doesn't? <laughs> Does it work? And so I'd be curious, it's, you know, when this game actually comes out, yeah. and you have more time with it, like to figure out, like to parse out where that friction is coming from. It, you. It's weird because it's just like it's always on. It's not actually providing feedback. But it just feels okay. like it is providing feedback. But like every time you press mm-hmm. the button, it's 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 got that thing on it, that that, that resistance on it, even if the game is not actually uh, taking in your input at the moment. Um there's a lot of like very kind of uh like flashy animations when you're in run mode where you like jump over like rocks and shit and you're doing like parkour flips and all that and like a lot of times during those moments like if I like did one of those parkour flips over like an enemy and then tried to attack them nothing would like the it wouldn't register the button hits in the mid in midair even though there are attacks that are different if you're doing them from midair and it's just it feels a lot like they, I don't know, like almost like they like, um, like made these animations, uh, like too much of a priority in the like how inputs are taken in. Like, there's no way to interrupt right. some of these things, and it, but it feels like if the idea is speed and kind of flow, like it should allow. Right, it feels for clunky a, compared to yeah. you know, you know, a, you know, not to always invoke souls, but. Like that, that is part of, of that is like, hey, big, long animations, but it's intrinsic to the yes. the flow of the combat. Um, and you, and you learn to, it, it, to it, it, it feels, it doesn't feel wrong. It doesn't feel against like the, the intent of, of the combat. Like it's like, look, do these cool like attacks. And yeah. It's like, like you were saying earlier, it's like a Arkham or a Spider Man where like you can kind of like flip between enemies and all that. And like it, seems to want to let you do that but doesn't really accomplish it um gotcha yeah it's it's pretty rough and it also looks weird um it definitely looks like <laughs> it's strange it Damn. looks because it looks Get like it looks like um i don't know if it's actually dlss but it looks like it's one of those like they're i don't think it can to... be i think i think there's been no, yeah i believe i believe the ps5 and xbox hardware is capable of having something I'm, I'm speaking slightly out of my ass here but like th- th- there it is possible for those to some version of that to become part of the current generation of consoles right. um but that is not something that currently exists or yeah. is being taken advantage of by developers it's a, it's like one of those like we're kind of faking certain parts of this and then uh as they like pop in or pop out it looks like extra like pixely sort of it's it's weird it's like sometimes Mm. it gets really sharp and then sometimes it like there's too much happening and it totally falls out um interesting like i I don't think i've seen another game do it is is the weird thing like i'm not sure what like uh engine they're using or like what the like particle like stuff that they're using is but it looks 
It looks off. It looks like it's a PC game that's been down down sampled for a console. It is using the Luminous engine, which is their in-house. Um, the, the square thing. The square thing. Um, I don't. Just, did did Final Fantasy move to Unreal? Was that? The, I can't remember if that was built in that or not. Um, anyway, uh, one last thing about Forspoken, just because we mostly focused on the combat, but. Uh, it's obviously also meant to be like a very story heavy game. Like do you, any indication that that seems obviously the trailers like right. and the, the quips like that, that could be a victim of like bad marketing. That's like packaging this stuff mm. incorrectly thinking they're trying to be funny. And so do, did you glean anything from the time you spent that there's like more going on in the story in the world that uh, like could grab you beyond sort of like the marketing that's kind of fallen flat on on its current pitch. Uh, unfortunately, no. The quips were there, and the quips were frequent. Um, but that's an action. That's in combat, like, right? Um, so I guess yeah. I'm just sort of trying to glean outside of where, of course, there are going to be the quips, which is well, in, is in combat when they're trying to spice up the right, like the the, the actions of the character. But like, like even any, even like, even like when you would like reach a story beat of like, oh, we found this. Here's a magical MacGuffin. Like the the tone of that doesn't mm-hmm. change at all. It is that is just, okay. it's all the same kind of like weird quippy writing. That I don't know. It, like there weren't actually any like long cutscenes in this in this sec in the section that I saw. So it was mostly like open world type. Like we're gonna have some lines of dialogue about something that we found in the world, but there weren't any like big quote unquote story beats. Um, mm-hmm. so like that part is hard to tell. Like. It, but like, yeah, the writing didn't. It is what the marketing says it is actually, and it's just like it's not for me. Some people think that stuff's funny. Like, fine, go with God, <laughs> but I'm not one of those people. I guess. I'm uh, gonna go with God. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I don't know how much like Amy Hennig was involved in like mm-hmm. the, the script writing process. Like, I mean, some of that you know you, you could see a lineage out of Uncharted and things like that. Uh, like arriving at a, at a place with, uh, with Forspoken, right? Uh, like there, maybe but. the overarching narrative is a little more interesting, but like we, we didn't get really much of a, a peek at that in the in the demo gotcha. that we played. Um, okay, I will say that it is entirely possible that some of this might flow a tiny bit better um, in the in the in the game itself when you're introduced to things in a certain order. Sometimes that can help unlock the right, sort of same like, with the combat, right? Yeah, like this, this is, is what this I is, mean. This is in- intrinsically the difficulty of, cause they like gave us know, a game shown off this way. Yeah. yeah. It was like a late game. Like you've have basically everything unlocked here. Are some of the combos do them. And even in that, it's just like, did not feel particularly uh, right. fun. <laughs> All right. Well that, that recently got, that delayed. That that is next. Oh yeah. Year. Uh, well, like I mean, recently, like in the like, yeah. it's been delayed a couple times. It's supposed to come out this spring, if I recall right. correctly. Now it is coming out January twenty fourth, twenty twenty three, in an increasingly crowded January, February, hey, yep. uh, March, in which some things are going to have to inevitably yeah. slip unless they want to hit for the uh, financial quarter. Um, uh, or the fiscal year ending, which is for a lot of folks is the end of, oh, hey. end of March. Uh, very, yeah. Uh, quick thing. According to this Wikipedia article, it is coming to PC, which has me wondering yes. whether it's or not. PC, PS5. Yeah. yeah. It feels like some of the like flashier things might just have been like, we can do this on the computer, but 
the PS5 is actually struggling a little bit, uh, which is unfortunate. Uh, yeah, I mean, and then and also, you know, those those optimizations come really late yes, in the process, yes. so we'll have to cross our fingers that stuff gets gets worked out. So at least we can judge the game on merits other than the characters popping in looks gross. Uh, uh, so yeah, January twenty fourth. 2023 uh, uh very quickly before we cut to a break uh, i uh, finished return to monkey island uh an absolute delight of a video game uh truly sublime writing story like a more emotional heft than i expected it really is like two creators coming back to something that meant a lot to them many many years ago uh, and bringing like the weight of those years to the storytelling but not in a way that is like it's a sad like time to make the sad monkey island game it's not that but it's more you can feel the weight of time mm. uh, on it and they they bring that to bear in the storytelling in the characterizations uh and it's just it's really good it's the the, the pacing of the puzzles is excellent i only consulted the hint guide two or three times and never to fully solve a puzzle they were all excellently written to just give me gentle prods in the right direction when I like just wasn't clicking on what I should do next. But broadly speaking, the game flows extremely well. It's a lot of fetch quests and and that gets a little samey towards the end during a particular sequence of, of fetchy quests. But the writing was always so good. The characterization was always so good. The worlds were so good that it, I, it didn't, it didn't matter. And like that's frankly, these days, what I want out of one of these games is to be just mildly challenged. I just want a tiny bit of friction. I don't want a ton mm. of friction on the way towards experiencing the world and 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 kind of poking poking around. There is like a really the, the game does have a hard mode that has puzzles, extra puzzles. Um and you don't for the vast majority of the game, you have no understanding of what those are. Like it's not like the game is signposting like <laughs> hey pussy, like here are the here are the puzzles you're you're missing out on because you didn't want to play on Hard mode. Kato's <laughs> video feed turns into a... Kato, your webcam is dying. Oh, yeah. I look fine on my end. Uh, you're d- yeah, well, what if I told you that was not the case for everyone else? <laughs> nice. It's honestly concerning that you think this looks fine. If someone looked at me while they looked like this and said, I look fine on my end, I would be like, well, you have <laughs> there become disconnected from reality. It's sort of, for a little while, it looked like, uh, like an old TV, like the... Uh, when you would like change channels where there was nothing there and you get all the gray static nice. and colors. That's what you looked like. <laughs> Amazing. Um, so th- there was one sequence in Return to Monkey Island where I was finishing up one puzzle, but then talked to somebody about, can I become part of your, they alluded to the, this club you could become a part of. Mm. And you can ask, can I be part of the club? And the, I think it was the game or a character prompts up and says like, hey, there's a bunch of things you can do to get into this club. You don't need to do it. You do not need to get in the club to advance. If you want to do them, you can. You have found this puzzle, but it's cool. You could just keep going forward and we're not going to require this. And so it like reveals, I like found one of the layers of, oh, here is something that would have been a requirement to get to the end game in on hard mode. But here I've just sort of stumbled into it and can still, it's still present. I can mm-hmm. go find those objects, piece that together, become part of that club, but I don't need whatever MacGuffin object that the game would require of me on the harder mode. And so it's just really, really exquisitely well-designed uh, from from top to bottom. Uh, and the ending uh, in particular is like really interesting and an emotional way that I was not expecting from a new Monkey Island game. So I nice. uh, cannot recommend 
uh, more more highly. Uh, it is really, really uh, worth um, uh, visiting. And I think even if you have not played a Monkey Island game before, like this would be a good entryway into the rhythm and flow of it. And then you could very easily go back to the older ones and and drop into those. So as we turn to Monkey Island, uh, we're going to take a quick break, come back, talk a few more video games. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. And we're back. Uh, we're doing some more cleanup on Steam Next Fest demos. One that I know, Ren, you found particularly striking and interesting. Some of the some of the praise you put upon this demo was uh, if the hyperbole matches what is what is in here, uh, makes me very excited to learn more about what is what is happening. So please tell me about season. So let me be real clear. I do not think I am hyperbolizing. Uh, okay. What I say, the thing that I'm saying, I think that season may end up being one of my favorite video games. Uh, Not of the year. No, no, no full stop. And I just want to I want to get ahead of this and say that uh, in, I believe, 2000 and uh, li- earlier this year, uh, a piece came out by, I believe, Rebecca Valentine about um, the game's developer the lead developer uh, on season at the studio uh, was uh, on their previous game uh, and a founder of the studio, Davro, um, is an asshole uh, and it's like a creep. Uh, he owns the studio, uh, is not supposed to have that much creative influence on se- on season, uh, but uh, that is currently uh, in, in the air because apparently he did start working on the project. So I just want to be clear game made by an asshole uh, at a studio that has been uh, tumultuous to say the least in the last few years yeah there's uh, just uh, if people want to read uh, more about it uh, you're right it was by Rick Valentine published in January of 2021 it's uh, over at G- uh, Games Industry Biz the headline is scavenger studio creative director accused of belittling screaming at groping employees uh, the, the deck is current and former employees of season studio say Simon uh, Darvo's toxic actions were enabled by uh, its co-owner. So if you want to read more details about what exactly happened there, uh, make sure and seek that out. Yeah. All of this is to say that season is probably some of the most excited I've been about a video game in a really long time. Uh, the game is premised by you are leaving a small isolated community um, up in some mountains. Uh, and as you leave this community, you are going through to catalog what is effectively uh, framed as the end of the world. Um, the season, which is a, a not just like a, a you know weather phenomenon, but a ontological phenomenon, is changing. Uh, and you are there to document the end of the age. Uh, and so you go around uh, and you uh, take photos of things. You um, 
you have a camera, you have a microphone, uh, and you have a journal uh, that you can fill with pictures, sketches, and little phrases uh, that pop into your character's head as they try and catalog the world that they have lived in. How How uh, is that uh, visualized in terms of like, is this like you encounter something and then the game just plugs that in? Are you like, do you have any sort of uh, agency over you like, have- what's being written down? Over what's being written down, you the character will say phrases, and it okay. adds them to a book of phrases that gotcha. you can write down. Mm-hmm. Um, so the writing is probably the most buttoned up part of it. But the other thing is you can just pull out your audio recorder and record quite literally any sound. One of the things that I did before leaving the village was I pulled out the audio recorder, and I just turned that shit on, and it captured the ambient noise of the wind blowing and like the specific ambient noise in one spot of this map. And I was like, I think this character would want to gather just 30 seconds of the background radiation of the place that she is from. And this isn't sort of like, Hey, uh, here's a checklist of seven things you got to do in this village before you go. This is you sort of role playing what you think the character would want. Like what is the relationship between the abilities that you have and what the game is like asking you to do. It's right in the middle of those two things. Okay. Um, so basically there are some things where the game has particular things it wants you to do. Uh, for example, uh, there is a doctor who founded the town or who did not found the town, but who basically became its de facto ruler and made the town what it is, right? You go through the world and you see murals and the game is like, listen, before you go, take pictures of these murals. They're important. Uh, and you go through, you take pictures of the mural and you put them in your sketchbook. But there is also, uh, other pages where it's like, okay, here is what the character will comment on. Um, so like, here is how full you are in terms of stuff in this particular area that your character will specifically address. And you have a little bit of insight into that, but you don't know what it is. It's not like the game is telling you, hey, here is what they care about. It is like, oh, cool. So like at one point I walked past a coffee shop that has poetry nights and my character was like, oh, my dad used to do poetry nights here and said that to herself. And I was like, oh, I bet if I take a picture of this, there will be some additional information. And I got additional information. I was able to like get that photo. Right. And so other things the game doesn't highlight for you at all. Uh, for example, the sound of fresh water uh, running through a, through a fountain. If you record the sound of water fountains in this particular town, your character will tell you about the like a little bit about the like water filtration system, right? Mm-hmm. It is pretty varied in terms of what you're find learning about, uh, and in terms of what the character actually like pays attention to. Um, and so you are it's it's a mix between the role playing heavy. Um, I'm going to do whatever I want uh, and really get into this character, which is how I was playing the game. Uh, and a little bit more structured, um, like movement through a, a given space. It reminds me actually a lot of Umarangi generation, uh, mm-hmm. as I would say the, the comparison point for what it is asking you to do. It's basically that each area has a couple things it wants you to do. And once you do those, you become familiar enough with the area to be able to go back through it and be artistically expressive. 
uh, and be like, oh, cool. I bet as I'm going through this place, oh, I bet a picture of that would look really good in the scrapbook. And on the actual journal, um, that is where the game is just like letting you do whatever the fuck you want. Do you want to make a little itty bitty picture and put it in the journal? Do you want to make a big picture and put it in the journal? Do you want to turn it at a 45 degree angle? How you connect information and the narrative you are building is really interesting. And the game makes it clear that your history will be incomplete and you are not crafting a catalog. You are crafting a particular narrative of the end of this world. Um, and so like in the first village, I chose to really latch onto the narrative of the relationship between uh, your player character and their best friend. And I was like, okay, how can I find a way to use these photos as the like connective tissue between two sentences that are technically unrelated, but feel thematically related to this like moving on sensation. And so you're doing this really cool collage work that is, um, it's engaging. Uh, I love it a lot. It feels like a development on what I really loved about Umurangi Generation and pushing uh, all of those things a little bit further uh, with a significantly higher budget. Also, the game is fucking gorgeous. I was just going to say, I was looking at some screenshots. It's it's very striking. Also, I have to ask, how is the bicycling? I I did not see the bicycling. No, it, okay. I know. Right. I'm sorry, but it it's looks okay. Great. It's all right. I just I I that that it's such a unique mode of travel that you don't see in many video games. Like yeah. the only time you see a, a bike is when, I don't know, like you're playing a GTA or an open world game. And it's like, yeah, and you can also ride a bike. And I, I like that, like the main mode of travel in this game from like one place to the next is, is this character riding a bike, which is yeah. just neat. Yeah, it's, it is, it's sick. Uh, I, I think I really love it a lot. It immediately gripped me. Um, it feels like, it feels genuinely exciting. Like playing it made me very excited uh, to see where it goes. And yeah, I am, I'm pretty, I would say pretty thrilled uh, after playing it. Awesome. Well, yeah, that is a season, a letter to the future. Uh, you know, similar sort of thing happening with this and, uh, you know, the new game from the studio behind uh, Gone Home. The name of that escapes me. But when the best you can hope for when studios go through challenges like this is that hopefully the many folks that work under the folks who suck are able to right. take control of that project make it their own and uh, if they choose to stay and, and want and want to make it their own are able right. to do so successfully and right. so i'm i'm rooting that that studio is better and that those people were able to find that agency and make this something special in the end because it sounds it sounds really really neat um I missed I missed the wind. Oh, you know what? I did download that demo and I didn't delete it. So I still can play it, I think, before. Yes. Uh, oh, I would recommend uh, it. Steam Next Fest is technically over, I think. That ended on the on Sunday. Uh so uh and that says coming soon. So I we don't know exactly when that's coming, but uh probably I would guess sometime first half of next year. It was it was supposed to be fall of twenty twenty two. Oh, okay. So some yeah, okay. So sometime early next year, probably. Yeah. Cool. Uh, the last game we're going to talk about today on a shorter pod, because we have a shorter week and many things going on, is a game that I'm I'm being told was weekends, hours, have been lost to. <laughs> we may not, we should maybe not speak of the fact that it can be played on mobile devices because it may cause just, further issues. But it's a game Android called Slice now. and Dice. Just what, Android? Just What's Android, Android for now. Just, just, just because I did try to go download it and it was not. Okay, I got gotcha. you. 
Uh, slice and dice. What is <laughs> what is slice and dice? Who wants to start? Um, I mean, who's been more cursed by it? I think I, I think I think because I'm more cursed. I, think, <laughs> I, I, I can tell like you pretty. I can hours. tell you with confidence. I did. I did. I did. Well, it was four hours starting at eleven, which is not great mm. <laughs> right it's one of those like okay. i was gonna get ready for bed here's a quick game that i can like check in on for like half an hour to an hour and then did not stop playing for another three <laughs> i i put probably 10 or 12 hours in it this yeah. game over the weekend yeah, yeah. wow i just okay. heard about right. it late i was like oh what is yes. everyone playing over here <laughs> and literally literally late yeah yes yeah. uh it's it's something. It may be one of my new favorite roguelikes. It is 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 crazy good. Yeah. Um, the basic premise of Slice and Dice is that you have a party of five adventurers, uh, all of whom are defined by the sides on a six sided die that they have access to. So you roll your six sided die, and basically whatever that character does is determined by what side their die lands on. So, for example, the ranger has uh four uh four-sided die uh it's not a four-sided die four die sides with something on it and then two blanks where they mm-hmm. do nothing um so two of the sides are do one damage uh range to an enemy and cleave so it hits uh the three people near them as well right uh another one is deal two damage ranged engage uh, and engage does double damage to a full health enemy right and so each of these characters has a unique, basically, sides to their die that they are rolling, some of which are way more, like, interesting and engaging um, than others, like, some of which are, like, way more involved than others. Uh, and then the enemies also have this same combat system where they are rolling their own die with six uh, bespoke sides. Uh, and basically, you're yahtzeeing it, where you're like, roll the die, I'm going to take these ones, these are the good die, uh, the ones that you don't want, you re-roll. Uh, and you keep going. Certain die uh, trigger when they get rolled, and so you want to re-roll them over and over again. Mm-hmm. And there's there's a ton of different... They are really pushing the amount of ways that die can interact with each other uh, in a way that I find really engaging. Yeah. it um, <clears throat> It's really, it's really uh, spectacular in its presentation, too, of just like after you kind of go through a very short tutorial, it, 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 uh, makes a lot of kind of intuitive sense as to what's happening. You see the, like, which people are being attacked is kind of shown through, like, their health being a different color, because it's like, this is how much damage you're gonna take. But as you kind of, like, clear enemies out or, like, change the, the board state, like, that updates. And it's just, like, very easy to, kind of grasp in a way where there's like a lot of shit going on right like you've you've got five characters on your side and the other side usually like can vary between like just a a couple of goblins to like i once fought a lich that had like five skeletons on on their side and Mm -hmm. it um it has a very well designed efficiency of like uh the way it presents its data that uh kind of like makes it all fall away to like Okay, I'm rolling these dice. I'm making these choices. Um, uh, yeah, as 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 Ren mentioned, you you Yahtzee it. But to be more specific as to what that is, like you can choose specific ones to hold on to, and just the like, because a lot of these a lot of these die have like, you know, they'll be like 
two sides are like, it's a one damage attack. It's a one damage attack. And then there's that that one side that's like, but this side does three damage. And you're always just mm-hmm. like, what if I could get that three damage can side? I get the three damage side? Oh, <laughs> oh fuck. fuck. Should I just oh, leave it I out hate- there? I have a guaranteed one. Should I hold I it? Hate, <laughs> I hate that Cyclops so much. I fucking hate that Cyclops. I want to beat the brakes off of his ass. And yet. Yeah. Um, and there's there's of um a, a couple other like standard RPG like mechanics of like there's like a front line and a back line, and if there's people still in the front line, you can't attack the back line. So like there's uh ranged characters that will really fucking do can do some fucking damage. So like you really wanna figure out either having um a a uh, a ranged character or if you don't like you gotta kind of rush rush down the people in the front line um another thing that's interesting is that when your characters level up you don't get it's not like um a kind of traditional rpg where you're like putting any points into stats or like you're picking a class you get a choice of like a random choice of like Two of your characters could level up. Here's the class that they could level up into. And those are randomized. So like sometimes you're making choices based on like, well, I don't want the healer to turn into that. So I'll pick this fighter upgrade instead. Even if the fighter, I was hoping to get a, a different kind of class. And the classes are very distinct and interesting. Um, I got a really fun, uh, I think it was called the... I'm trying to remember what the name of the class is, but it was a very interesting class where like all it had was like two huge attacks that did like, it was like six damage, but then like on the next turn you couldn't do anything, um, which was really fun. Uh, And like the, the ways that the, the magic uh, can kind of go is really interesting. You you have items that you can equip that gives you different, uh, you can kind of fuck with, different sides most of them is what they do some of them also give you like um different uh little stat boots but like really it's like i had a thief once the thief is is kind of rough to begin with because they have so bad (laughs) yeah well but they're also very good because they have ranged attacks from the go right and but there's only like what one one or two of the sides are ranged attacks they have one ranged attack and then two, two melee, melee attacks, attacks, and that's it. And that, so you yeah. have a 50% chance every roll of getting jack Just shit. jack shit. The thief doesn't do anything. The thief is hiding that turn. Um, but then I got, uh, I found a, a like bow that changed to the top. The way, the way they do it is interesting. They basically splay out the dice. So like there's a center square, a top square, bottom, left square, and then two squares to the right. And all of the like upgrades for your dice, all the items that you can use on those dice kind of place things in different areas. So it's not like there's like those those choices become more interesting than just like, oh, this is always gonna be a good upgrade no matter what. Like I like I got one that was like the center block 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 becomes plus two mana. Um and I had that on my mage for a long time because it was uh it was really good, but then I my mage like leveled up and like the center block was actually a very powerful spell. And I was like, shit, I really wish I could put this anywhere else on the dice. But the fact that it has to be in in a specific spot just makes those decisions a little more interesting to make. 
Um, uh, what, one thing I saw when I was reading up on the game, uh, like one of the notes is that uh, they, they undo actions as much as you like. Each turn is like a mini puzzle. Um, yes. Yeah. How unique is that? I mean, both of you are much more familiar with it. Like, is that like unique that you can that you were given an opportunity to treat it as though you can go up to the precipice of a choice and then and then come back? Infinite undos are very rare. Yeah, I would say like usually they will limit them. And this game is actually like very kind because, well, it has to be. It has to be like this because eventually you're getting to the point where you are fighting, say, for example, uh, seven gnolls and a snake simultaneously and it's like okay cool i have to do every single turn of this basically perfectly or i am going to die uh and so it the game a lot of games that don't let you go back and fix things uh, don't you don't need to as much versus this one where it's like ah fuck i missed i misplaced this one variable and so now i have to completely reset my whole turn and do it Mm. in a completely different order and to be to be clear the thing that you can't you have a set number of re-rolls of the dice you can't undo re-rolls the dice rolling is Mm -hmm. always locked in what you can do is choose a different order of operations for each of those attacks or whatever the die side that came up is so you can you can see the attacks play like in theory that what they will play out of like how much damage you're doing doing who's dying but you don't you can set those all up before hitting execute and then and 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 come back yeah you can you can go through and be like oh actually it would be a better order of operations for me to put two shield on the berserker before he attacks the spiker which does damage back at you uh so i should do it in that order instead of just instead of just having it attack uh up front um things like that is like uh and then like yeah it i feel like i haven't seen all of the each time i play it there's a new class i've never like there's played a hundred total there's like a t- yeah it's a, it's so many um and so like having played it four hours straight into like the (laughs) very, very late at night uh, after thinking I would be able to peek in at it. Like I, I was getting obviously still getting new classes every single time. And uh, it was, it's just so engaging. The game, the game advertises having a hundred classes. Yeah. uh, Yeah. Not, not shocking that you were constantly running into, into new ones. Well, this is cool. Uh, Slice and dice. Uh, Very neat. It seems this seems really neat. Uh, hopefully it it's comes sick. to iOS at, at some point. Although yeah. there is Windows and Mac versions. You yeah, yeah. It. You can play it. I play was playing on, on computers of choice. I was playing on desktop, so. But I would love it on yeah. a phone. Fuck. That's so good. <laughs> it's, it's, hey, it's really good on a phone. I laid in bed last <laughs> night and I was like, you know what? I think I'm just going to chill and play Slice and Dice for like a few hours while listening to a podcast about uh, Cuba. Nice. Uh, I was listening to I was listening to blowback. Uh, I wanted to bring up uh, kind of I don't know if you saw any of this, but people had some clarifications on uh, Moonbreaker. Again, we talked about quite a bit. On, oh yeah. Uh, on on last week's pod, let me pull up uh, one thing. I just wanted to point out to oh, uh, so we have like Chris Mc. Uh, Chris McMullen on, on Twitter uh, say, uh, I agree this is a model that can be abused right now. It's fair outside of paying for the game. I've spent $0 and have every unit. They give you a bunch of free boosters to start. You can use a fair price of in-game currency to buy more boosters. For every dupe you get, 
You can get currency to either buy a unit uh, you don't have or upgrade a unit's rarity, which only impacts mm. cosmetics. Certainly is something to keep an eye on as it could go bad, but right now you can complete the new player objectives and have enough boosters and currency to own 90% uh, percent plus of the units right. and gain the rest after a few more hours of play. Well, um, the... Uh, the that's the trick. The boosters aren't free, right? You're paying into the founders at the moment, so you get ten boosters. That's technically what you're buying, quote unquote, to get into mm-hmm. the early access. But when it goes free to play and launches at 1.0, those boosters are not likely to be around for new players, right? Um, they haven't said definitively whether or not, but like right now, they're presenting those boosters as this is what you're putting money in for is that you're buying the boosters gotcha. up front. Okay, um, uh, we'll do a quick dip into the question bucket. Uh, you can write in at gamingadvice.com with the uh, topic questions. Uh, I wanted to read this. Uh, it was a good question and also uh, kind of a touching note. Uh, so this is a little bit of a longer one, but this comes in from Landon. Um, okay, well, this hmm. Dear Waypoint Whack Packers. Hey, what, what the Excuse fuck me? does that mean, bro? Hey, whoa, 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 Long-time listener, and before my question, I want to say I've discovered uh, you guys about five years ago living in Korea when I was first getting into podcasts. Of the game podcasts I've come to find, yours are the one I've listened to the longest, either due to interest uh, waning on others and more frequently, sadly, them not surviving. RIP fanbite. I've been endlessly impressed by how all you've been able to keep that (sighs) waypoint whack packer energy, even as some keystone packers have dropped. Whoa, what the (laughs) fuck are you doing what are the words coming out (laughs) i love the energy of this uh in korea i lived right beside a great hiking spot in a mountain base and listening to the pods and doing that long hike became my morning routine in the middle of the week and at the beginning of the weekend i've since had to return to the states stuck deep in rural tennessee having to take the role of caretaker of elderly family members the adjustment has been a hard and sobering one for a lot of reasons. My grandmother passed away last month after a year and a half bout with pancreatic cancer. The podcast has been such a comfort constant to me in what has been a trying and unexpected time in my life. I try not to fall into weird parasocial connection fans sometimes some, sometimes have. We have never met, most likely we'll never meet. Even if we did, I imagine we probably won't get along anyway. I mean, I, you know, it's, you know, stand up for yourself, Landon. I think, You're going to dunk on yourself that out. hard, I promise. Uh, we're not that cool. <laughs> I'm not nearly smart enough to hang out with you Packers. Oh, my God. Uh, but I want to let you know all that I appreciate what you do uh, as someone who will most likely be lost to space and time in one of the worst of the flyover states. Go Packers. Moving on to my question. I am curious about where everyone on the pod stands on physical media at this point. I know as journalists, you get digital codes for games, so I assume you get very few, if any, physical games. But what about other mediums? I don't think of myself as a purist, but I always find myself getting physical when possible. I don't really have anything against digital. When the option is digital only, I don't have an issue buying something that way. I also have multiple streaming uh, service subscriptions. Yet, I still buy physical media pretty frequent, whether it be games, films, books, or even CDs, when I find I really enjoy something. I bet I'll be getting nope on 4K when it hits, for instance. Yes, you and me both. Hell yeah. Uh, Or if it's an artist I follow, such as pre-ordering every uh, uh, Murakami book as soon as I can from a cozy uh, bookstore in my old college town. I guess it's old school, at least feels old school. DVD releases of shows and movies come later and later, if they come at all at some point. And most people I know uh, buy almost no practical media outside of games. I've even heard speculation that Sony and Microsoft could do away with disk drives in their systems at some point in the not-so-distant future. Have you all completely foregone the physical and all mediums and gone in all digital? I'm especially curious what the newest and youngest whack packer thinks here is I feel like Ren grew up at a time when digital access started to become more the norm and physical media began to decline with the masses. 
Was there ever a point in uh, her life when she got physical media as a means of pure necessity and not just as a collectible thing? I'm genuinely curious. Thanks for all you do. And keep that waypoint whackbacker energy what going. What does that mean? I just, what does it look, mean? Here's what I'll say is that sometimes when people attempt this, they throw it out there. It doesn't work. And they're just, they just want to hear it read uh, and they know it's, they know it's fuck, an L. Fuck. I love that. The commitment to the bit because it got funnier as it went along. Um, yeah, so, yeah. no, I'm I'm all bought in. Listen, <laughs> with, welcome to a save point, the whack more pack. like whack whack point. Uh, hmm. Hmm. Uh, well, let's start with you, Ren. What is these days your relationship with with physical media? You know, not just games, but just sort of yeah. broadly. How do you feel about collecting things that are the things that you play, listen, watch? I'm I'm a big physical book. Bro- 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 I'm a big physical book person. Uh, I I love me a physical book a lot. Um, I it's better for my uh, mental illness addled little brain. Uh, I love a hardcover book. Actually, sometimes uh, I will just go out and rebuy books I already own uh, if they have really gorgeous. Um, like it, I found a particularly gorgeous copy of. Uh, Faulkner, not Faulkner. Uh, I found a pretty, particularly gorgeous copy of Foucault's uh, *The History of Sexuality*, Volume Two, um, that was stunning. And I was like, "This is pretty enough. I'm willing to drop forty bucks on this." Um, and so, I am, I'm, I'm big into buying physical media. If it's books, when it comes to like games, I like the idea. Uh, it's just not particularly like viable because most of it is like those collector's editions or like limited run physical games and like that style of it just doesn't work for me uh there are a few games where i would really want it disco elysium i've considered it uh because that game is extremely important to me um but earlier in my life of course i got physical media like when i was growing up and playing games um i was like got Game Boy games. The first Game Boy I actually got was a hand-me-down because uh, uh, two family friends who worked in a national park, uh, and this is this is the most Renata origin story possible, uh, showed up at my house one day, uh, for, like my, my family, and were like, hey, these are two lesbian women who work in a, a national park, and they were like, hey, some kid left a Game Boy uh, and quite literally like two dozen games, uh, and they never recovered it all summer. Uh, we are giving it to you now. So <laughs> kind of kind of prophetically, a bunch of uh, cool lesbians gave me uh, a hand-me-down GBA. And so I do love I do love a GBA cartridge uh, very, very much. But yeah, um, that is my physical media relationship. Yeah, for, for me, uh, don't have a lot of interest in, in like coveting games physically. Um, it's also just not, something I, re- I revisit a lot of older games. And so like, practically speaking, doesn't make a lot of sense for me. Um, uh, and also just the advent of things like emulation. It's just like, if I want to revisit something, there are easier ways to do that than to pull it off of a shelf and, and play it on the original hardware or um, anything like that. And, and also just, uh, I, I think similar to you, Ren, like my, I like, so horror movies are what I like to collect. Like that, that is the expansive collection that I now need an Excel spreadsheet for, not because I have thousands, but I have just enough that the way I usually uh, collect them is like when Target will do like a two for one sale on like Blu-rays or they'll be like, I'd buy one, get one like half off. And like, that's when I'll go 
buy a handful of them and I'm usually ranking them from price like lo- uh, lowest to highest because I'm you, oftentimes that is where I'm finding a lot of like weird 60s, 70s, and 80s like Blu-rays that you can find for like six bucks. And then if I spend like on these Target sales, like I, I can only have to spend 30 or 40 bucks and I can like I can get like 10 movies. Um, and but now I have I think like four times had a package show up and then I've I I go to put it on the shelf and I'm like oh that's already there. I fucked up. Like I already had I already bought that for five dollars on a previous sale, and so now I need to make an Excel spreadsheet so I can tra- check that before uh, I-, I cash in on some sale that's going on. But for me, it's like I rewatch horror films all the time. It's very meaningful to me and my wife in terms of our relationships and our interests, and it's one of those things that I've as I've said before on this podcast, it's all displayed very prominently on a shelf like in our family room so that you will see that adorned with a bunch of other figures and things like that. It's like very much, you cannot look at that and not come away with, Oh, like this is a shelf that reflects the personality of this family in some way. And so that's that for me, that's the one that I go out of my way to collect things on in an environment where otherwise I, I don't really collect things. The other, I do collect like every Stephen King book that comes out. I will, I will pick up the, uh, like the big version of that. I don't, I don't need no paperback. I like the big obnoxious book that barely fits in a, barely fits in a bag. Uh, and so I've gotten into that where like, I like when the library sales happen locally and I'll go there and just like, I'll go to the horror section and just buy five or six books and those get added to a shelf. And um, these days people are getting purging their physical medias to such a degree that it's really benefiting me because you go to like these library sales and you can buy tons of movies for just bargain bin prices because people <laughs> are just just tossing them out. And it's like I don't know that I needed Scream Four. I don't have the other ones, but I'll pay a dollar <laughs> fifty for it. So I'll get the other ones when Target does their sale uh, later. So that's that's where I'm at for for me. Like horror films, especially, is where physical is is important. And then I'm, I'm making I make I also draw a distinction between. Uh, like I've slowly over time mostly replaced the DVDs with Blu-rays of the equivalent films, but then I have a certain hierarchy, which is like I don't, I don't need the 4K of The Nest, which is just an obscure, like a bug-filled horror film. I don't need the 4K re-release of that. But like Halloween, the original, is one of like an all-time classic. Like that, I do want to own. In 4K. So like selectively, I will then replace those with like the ultra discs, uh, which I've really done for a handful of things, Jaws, Halloween, and and, and some others I need to get to. But um, and then I had sort of like have then I have like a disc hierarchy of ones that I'm willing to pay a premium to replace to have the highest fidelity for. So but then it all comes blaring out of a shitty TCL soundbar in my uh, (laughs) in my uh, my upstairs that I'm when I saw their news reports this week that. The supply chain shit where uh, and then people being at home has forced companies like Target, Walmart, Amazon to buy way too many electronics and other things, anticipating a demand that is no longer there. Mm -hmm. And the reason there is already holiday sales happening this week and that those sales are only going to get like increasingly brutal for the companies that stock this stuff, I will at least be able to replace that that soundbar with something more meaningful uh, later this year. But Kato, where where are you at with the the physical realm? I mean, before I yeah, before I got this job, I would buy everything possible. But like that's been a losing battle, especially in games. Um, you know, since since Steam became a thing, I don't mm. know. Like 
I have I have a physical copy of Mass Effect Three for the PC, which I think <laughs> might be the last time I got a physical. Gotta keep copy. that one around. I'm pretty you sure. I'm pretty sure it's not even a physical copy. I'm pretty sure it's a box that had a Steam code. A code. In it. Yeah. yeah, that seems right. I remember buying the box and being like, yes, I am getting a physical copy of this game. And then opening the box and being like, oh, no, I am not getting a physical copy of this game. Um, well, especially for PC stuff, especially as yeah. nobody owned Blu-ray. It was right. very rare to have a Blu-ray drive in a PC. So then it became increasingly weird to be producing. Like, what, are you going to put this on seven DVDs? Right. Uh, you right. know? Um, And like, I wish, I don't know. I have like... Most of my Switch collection is physical because they still make fucking cartridges, which yeah, I yeah. enjoy. Uh, I feel like it's very common for a lot of people who've like probably gotten out of the physical game for a lot of consoles, but not for uh, the Switch. The Switch. Yeah, they're just so tasty. Jesus. <laughs> mm-hmm. God damn it! I'm gonna put I'm gonna put that in my Halloween candy for the block. Oh. Hey kids. Look. Eat this copy of Mega Man 10 or whatever I have laying around. No, no, I don't want to. Um, And like movies, I think similarly is one of the last places where I still get physical media because it's still being made in a way that I can access. Uh, It's usually just like, no, we should own this. Like, um, like I'm gonna get a, like there's like a small list of like this movie was good enough mm-hmm. we will rewatch it, and <clears throat> uh, things like in the last like two years for example I think I have a I'm gonna get a copy of The Green Knight and Everything Everywhere All at Once are two movies that I think I would like to rewatch at some point and don't want to like rent to stream and like are also like specifically The Green Knight is. I mean, both of those movies actually are very visually intense and like Green Knight is so fucking good. The stream is not. We we really we fucked up by not doing a podcast about the Green. Yeah, Knight. we did. It's so fucking good. Uh, it it the the streaming quality is still not there, even with like 4K streaming. Like, mm-hmm. it fucking especially it looks especially rough. the ultra discs. I f- yeah. I feel like the difference between like a real like like the stuff on like uh, like Apple's Apple stuff tends to be like really really good when you when you rent it, and I don't see a huge difference between. The, like a, a a decent Blu-ray and that, but the difference between even that and an ultra, like a, like a proper 4K disc yeah. is like, you, you, even I can tell, um, <laughs> especially, especially if it's a movie you care about. Yes, yes. Especially like those type of movies that are very um, uh, visually like dense, you know? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, again, you can send in uh, additional questions to gaming advice dot com um you can send in if you want to send in questions for the next sports podcast you can also do that by uh, gamingadvice.com with the title sports uh sports? I do, we, 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 we may do one this week but i, I I'm, I'm worried that we rob and i will not have time um so we we will we're, we're trying to figure out when the next one of that is is going to be uh exactly because we will have save point uh next week yeah as well, which is just as good of a time to also mentioned to you again that uh, Save Point will be happening next week. More details to come on on charity uh, and 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 all all things uh, of that nature. But uh, broadly speaking, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, ten to six. Lots of shenanigans. 
lots of uh i don't i don't maybe we'll order good pizza this time but then you like missed the, it we the, got the good that, we got good pizza last time we did get pizza last time yeah it was really good yeah but Really when good. I'm exerting my creative control over the project, yeah. I have I must drag us down into the <laughs> into the mud. And so even if we got good pizza, we would have to get something else. I don't know what that is. I don't know what that is. I'm gonna work mm. that up. Again, ideas, please. Mm. Please write into gamingadvice.com with the suggestion gross. <laughs> gross. And, uh, <laughs> what should we eat? <laughs> let me know. Let you know, let me know uh, what you think. Um that's gonna be a wrap on today's episode of Waypoint Radio. If you want more from Waypoint, you can follow us on Twitter at Waypoint, uh, on Facebook, YouTube, at Waypoint Vice, on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Waypoint. This podcast is brought to you ad-free if you're a subscriber at waypointplus.com. Uh, this week, uh, we will have, uh, for Waypoint Plus subscribers, uh, the uh, My Turn episode of Escape from New York. You voted. Yeah. We potted. We escaped <laughs> to New York. And then you will learn... Uh, what movie we're watching next? Which I guarantee <laughs> you, you will never guarantee. <laughs> you cannot guess where we're going next, and it, that's not even like, oh, Patrick, you love to troll everybody. Like, no, this is we, you don't the, way the, the wheel is turning in a different direction, <laughs> and a direct it's going towards Rob. And Rob could have done the Rob pick. He told us the Rob pick, and then he went in a different direction, which is a joy. Uh, and I cannot wait. Uh. To watch that uh, probably uh, after after save points. So you want to find out what that is, you can do that sooner uh, by uh, subscribing over at waypointplus.com. Uh, you can also read what we're writing uh, when we get time to write over at waypoint.device.com. Uh, uh, I recently did a feature on finally closing the loop on Chain Shop Braden, Braden Moore, uh, uh, someone I've been writing about for Six years at Waypoint, almost the entirety of the time I have been here, I've been writing about this Twitch streamer who has been trying to beat their own impossible level in Super Mario Maker. They have spent more than 4,000 hours and six years doing it. Um, And so I checked in with Brayden after finally nailing their accomplishment uh, on being that level. Um, So you can check that out on the website. Um, And maybe we'll have other stuff later this week. Uh, Until... Then you can follow me at Patrick Klepek. Kato, where can we follow you? At A underscore Kato underscore appears. And Ren. You can follow me on Twitter at Ren or Raven. Uh, and lastly, our theme music is by Bowen. The track is Miss You Off the EP Pale Machine. You can learn more at waypoint.zone slash Bowen. That's us calling time on this podcast. We'll talk to you again. <gasps> Maybe later this we got to figure out the pod schedule. There yeah. might not actually be another one this week, and then that'll just show up on Monday so that we have a pod yeah. a, a week. So everyone be chill. It's weird around here, right? Now. And you're gonna get a lot of cool shit next week, so yeah. it's fine. Um, fuck capitalism. Go home. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. 
And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns.